0: KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan as we inch closer and closer to Cowboys 49ers divisional round game. We've got me, Kevin Hagland, Corey Majors, Hey, Pops. No. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to start introducing no. him as Pops, Joey? Would that no. be better? Absolutely. I right. again. Right. Right you got me, Kevin Hagelin. You have Pops, no. <laughs> Corey Majors, or is it just Pops or Pops Corey Majors? No, and uh. Mike Basick, and that is Joey Erickson, or as Mike likes to call him, that's my guy, Slim Scotty. There you go. Now, my question for y'all out of the gate is, and I know there's a lot of great memories. There might be a couple painful memories along the way as well, is this will be the ninth playoff game between Dallas and San Francisco. That will tie the Rams for the most common playoff opponent in Cowboys history. Really? Yeah. So they've played the Rams nine times in the playoffs. This will now be nine times for the 49ers. So I wanted to kind of go back. So we should know them by now, huh? I mean... I would argue not historically but just from last year. Oh, okay. You should probably be like, "Hey, I remember that game. Yeah, I know they have a totally bit. different quarterback now, but hey, I remember that yeah, game." Yeah. Is what is the most memorable all-time Cowboys 49ers playoff game to you and why? 8778811053 because I feel like there are probably at least 5 of those I think are live candidates and I don't want to rule out any of the games from the 70s but the ones from the catch, the 90s, and last year, I feel like would probably leave. I was the way. alive for the catch, right? Like, that was
1: 81, yeah, was it? 82.
2: It was January of 82. I think okay, he so might have been, like,
1: old. six months old. Yeah, I was barely old.
2: So, I don't remember it either, but for me, it's easily 92. I can just remember going to my grandparents. It was a huge deal. The Cowboys were finally good again. It sounds crazy, right? It's like, man, we haven't been good since 1985. What in the world, you know? And- And here it is, 1992, and I just remember everybody at my grandparents' house, my uncles, uh, my dad, everybody there, grandpa, was kind of like, hey, this is awesome we're back in this game. But this is like the stepping stone. Like, you have to lose this game almost because they're just way better. It's in San Francisco. We're such a young team with a young quarterback and a young team and a young coach, and we got to take our lump here, and hopefully next year we take that next step to be better than the 49ers. So – To be there, I can remember just the excitement and almost shock from the Bassic family in the second half of that game. That, oh my god, we're gonna go to the Super Bowl! Yeah, like it just didn't feel like. Wait a second, everybody hates Jerry Jones. No, not everybody's excited about Jimmy
0: Johnson. And three years later. You're going to the Super Bowl? I feel like you need that extra little bump of nostalgia. So let's go to cut number four, if we can. This is from the aforementioned game.
3: Have had forever. Aikman to throw. Quickly to Smith, who's wide open. 10, touchdown. Good block by Urban to set it up.
0: Michael Irvin dropping that block to give him that touchdown.
2: I'll tell you what's interesting as I talk was about that, that 30 to 20? 30 to 20, okay. yeah. And obviously, uh, you know, there was kind of a little bit of a late comeback. There was a Jerry Rice touchdown yep. that made the game a little bit like, it oh did. no. And then a couple plays later, the big Alvin Harper play. And then on third down, getting the ball to Calvin Martin to dive in there. You know, uh, he's
0: like a golf pro down in Florida right now. Kelvin Martin. No, Alvin Harper. Alvin Harper. Yeah, I've been, okay. we, I've been trying to like track him down to get him on the show. You know what his stat line was for that game? I do not. I can. I'm sure I could find it. So I think you, you all had the huge this. catch
2: over the guy's head. So,
1: and he also had the 70 yarder across the slant. Right. Three for 117 yards in that wow. game. So he was the leading receiver. 39 in that game. yards a catch. He was, yeah. Michael Ooh. Irvin had six for 86, but he had three for 117. And Mike, the those two catches, the slant is supremely memorable. I had the shirt of Mike of Alvin Harper over the top, taking the ball off that dude's face mask. Yeah. I, I had that shirt, and I just remember that moment so so specifically. So Kevin, for I'm with Mike. I guaranteed my dad the year before after they lost to the Lions. I was like, we're winning the Super Bowl next year. And he was like, okay, son. And I was like, all right, no, watch. And then they go on to do it. But that game specifically was, it was the one. It's the one that sticks
2: out the can, most. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I barely remember the 93 game. The next year in, I know it's 38 to 21. Because
0: whip their
1: ass.
2: I, can't rem- I cannot remember anything about that game except it just being an easy win.
1: Yeah, they were, it was a uh, 30. Was it 38? 38-21. Yeah. I
2: just don't remember that game at all. Do you guys remember that game well? Because I can I just went over the 94 game yesterday and that hurt the most. So I can remember 92 and 94. 93, I need to go back and watch because I don't have a good memory on how you destroyed the 49ers.
0: Well, I think and because it was not. Particularly close about midway through the second quarter.
1: So the the Cowboys, yeah, didn't they score 21 in the second quarter? They scored big at half. And they
0: were, yeah, so they were back to back to back touchdowns. And then at one point in the fourth, it was 38 to 14. And you know what? Actually, I want to play this cut and see if you'll get a kick out of this. Also, if you look at your run sheet, check out or your cut sheet, check out how. Joey thinks that name is spelt. Let's go to cut number two. This is from the 1993 NFC Championship game.
3: <laughs> They're working right now, third and four. It's a good looking list.
2: I can't remember that play now because it was actually a bad pass and it worked out perfectly.
0: So that is way behind him. That is Bernie Kozar, but, and it's not Joey's fault. He wasn't born by the time. I think you were still like six or seven years away from being born. He spelled it C-O-Z-A-R-T. That was, of course, Bernie Kozar, who, you know, has been in the news.
1: You know, one of the, the, and I think we adore him and we love him around here and everything, but... The guy that really does he his stats never stood out was Moose. He would have that third down and seven catch in the flats where you're like, how's he so wide open? It's because he never nobody cared, nobody thought about him. But he would have his numbers are so small, but he would have that one play within a drive that I think that's what even Jerry was talking about the other day. That was something that would carry on. That team had those things though. They had all those little pieces that that built up into a great team
2: you know what's funny is I forgot that play that Alvin Harper had because I just couldn't remember a lot of the 93 game until that highlight we just played is when I was on San Francisco radio the other day they told me that they hate Alvin Harper the most
1: makes sense from
2: this and it and I it was like interesting because I can remember the slant but then when you go back and he has the helmet catch yep. and then he has the slant and then he has that where it was a bad pass by Kozar but he reaches behind catches it stays on his feet runs for a touchdown. It's I get why they hate him so much because this guy who was a number two receiver, kind of the number three for the Cowboys, because Jaden Novacek was their kind of second guy to kind of really go to, is that number three guy destroyed them in those two games.
0: Yeah, it, it's. What's interesting, because I saw a couple of people ask this question, and they were like, wasn't that supposed to be Irvin's route? I don't know how long ago this NFL yes. Films deal came out. That was Michael Irvin's own fault. Is he admitted Is that they kept hitting the curl, the curl, <laughs> the curl. And he's like, the hell with this, because he was posting every time. And he said... I'm taking the curl, and then Troy Aikman said he saw the blitz coming, and he goes, "Okay." So then you hit the post. Like if the blitz is coming, you go to the post. And they and Michael Irvin had taken the curl, and so Alvin Harper was on the post <laughs> route, which was supposed to be Michael Irvin. And it's so funny because if you watch that video, Michael Irvin's right behind Alvin Harper, and he's like, ah, throwing it. Like he's celebrating. But in retrospect, that's the person he is. Oh yeah. yeah. But in retrospect, he also goes. But I was kind of sad because that was what you dream about. That was supposed to be my route. So yes, that person is 100% right. The
1: 817. They had the best O-line of all time. It's the only reason they were good.
0: Yeah.
2: Except none of them were in the hall of fame. Exactly. <laughs> Do you know how many offensive lines are you
1: supposed to go out there and say, "Let's get a trash offensive line." Is that your goal? Yeah. I
2: hey, mean, let's, you know what? Let's get all let's get all
1: let's get all undrafted yeah. And seventh round
0: picks.
2: That's Mark Cuban's
1: flaws. NBR offensive. MBR. <laughs> and most of those guys, how many of them were
0: first round picks? Okay. Actually, I'm really glad that you brought that up. And let's talk about it even further. How many. Hall of Famers, did they have from those two Super Bowl teams? Big fat zero on the offensive line because I know everybody focuses on Larry Allen. Well, guess what? He didn't come along until the third Super Bowl. So that offensive line, it was badass. My frustration is not at the offensive line. My frustration is at the Hall of Fame for being like, eh, your offensive line, because it's like, what does everybody say? Emmett, why is Emmett? If you're complaining about Emmett, why was he so great? Oh, because the offensive line was badass. Really? None of them are in the Hall of Fame. Uh, all right. So so far, Mark 2 and A,
1: undrafted. Uh Nate Newton, undrafted. Yeah. Uh, who else who else was on that line? Is Mark it a,
2: Stepnowski? Stepnowski. I think it was a second round pick.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Then then that was a good pick. Eric
2: let's, let's... Eric Williams was a second or third round pick.
0: Yeah. And like I just that offensive line was amazing. And I kind of wish that the Hall of Fame committee would get it together. All right. I we're getting a lot of text, so I lost it. Oh, here we go. Go Stavoski was a third-round pick. Yeah, Yeah, so it's not like that's foolishness. (laughs) From the 214, they said their favorite game was the 1972 playoff game in Candlestick. Now, I know we talked about, you said, I don't really remember those games. That was, I think, the third where the Cowboys had played the San Francisco 49ers three straight years in the playoffs. The Cowboys are losing... 28-13, 28 to 13 and from the 214 Roger Staubach replaces Craig Morton and leads the comeback win and they win 30 to 28 and that is you do see that in that game is Craig Morton had struggled mightily 8 for 21 for 96 yards and two picks Staubach comes in 12 for 20 174 yards uh two touchdowns and so that was I believe the third straight year because they had beaten San Francisco in 1970 in the conference championship. They had beaten San Francisco in 1971 in the conference championship. And then they beat them again in 1972. So the Cowboys hold an overall five to three advantage in the playoff history.
1: From the uh, 214, Kevin Gogan was the S eighth round pick two number 200. Yeah, we don't even have that round in the draft anymore. <laughs> So, I just wanted, like that that it was a very and somebody said Larry, wasn't Larry Island the best of all he didn't win a Super Bowl until the third one he lost in ninety four he
2: lost in ninety four and won in ninety
1: so so like it, that offensive line Jimmy Johnson built and he went and said I want a bunch of guys that can do this but on top of that I don't want guys that are that are spoon fed I want guys that I'm gonna have to like convince that they're gonna be great because they need they need to be humble but also
0: badasses now as you might have guessed multiple people who are younger have no clue. Just
2: have this one game, right? last year. Yeah,
0: specifically ones who are 30, 35, or younger have made reference to this game. Let's go ahead and go to cut number five. I'm sure you know how this is going to turn out from last year.
1: Prescott in the gun, runs up the middle to the 30, to the 25, and slides. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three. Two,
3: one. Did he spike it in time? Didn't get it spiked in time. That's the end of the game. Oh, wow. There you
1: go. Thanks a lot, jackass. Sorry.
2: Who's that? Hey, listen, Dak is having a good year this year. Yep.
1: You got a slide suitor.
2: Yeah, you just called him a jackass.
1: I was talking to the referee who said that's the end of the game. Well,
2: he didn't control the clock.
1: You're right. I mean, he was, Where's the Boston Celtic guy? He's also not the one that the got, got in the button. way of the offensive line and, and then trying to their snap off. Doesn't he have to set the
0: ball? Is that who care? Okay, do it faster. Right, be fair. better at your job. Fair enough. I always support that. All right, so the rankings. So CBS put out some rankings, and they say it goes like this: the 1971 NFC Championship Game eighth, the 1970 NFC Championship Game seventh. The Cowboys won both of those, fourteen to three and seventeen to ten. So good news, we're knocking out some of the older ones already. Last year's wild card game is 6th on the list. Number 5 on the list because it was such an ass-kicking 1993 NFC Championship game, Cowboys victorious 38 to 21 and keep in mind, San Francisco scored the last points in that game, a touchdown. Oh, so wow. it was 38 to 14. That was a demolition. And then 1972 divisional round that we just referenced with Roger Staubach making the comeback, one of his 23 fourth-quarter comebacks. That is fourth on the list. So your top three on the list. Let we guess? Yeah, hit me.
2: San Francisco wins in 94. Dallas wins in 92. And then the best one is the
0: catch. So now you are correct. Cut number three. Or excuse me, number three. We'll get to cut number one in just a second. Number three is the 1994 NFC Championship game where the 49ers got out to a 21-0 lead. And Mike brought up, I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before, how literally everything was going wrong for the Cowboys. Number two on the list, the 1992 NFC Championship game where the Cowboys defeat the 49ers 30-20. to And number one It pretty much had to be this, unfortunately. Let's go ahead and hit up cut number one, the 1981 NFC Championship game.
3: They're six yards away from Pontiac, third and three. We'll see a pickup sometime on the right side, possibly. Montana, looking, looking, throwing in the end zone. caught it! Dwight Clark!
0: It is... It is amazing, like, the emotion there. That yeah, that that was pretty amazing, too. But he's spot on right with the crowd. I feel like sometimes, I don't know if y'all think the same way, you get that little delay with the announcers where you can hear the fans and then the announcers react. It felt like he was like, bam, right on top of the fans there. Yeah, well, he might be the greatest. Absolutely. I am not here to dispute that. So, Cowboys lead the history 5-3 to three. for me. I think those back-to-back games in 92, the NFC Championship game where we were not, people did not think that the Cowboys were going to win and then this in, ensuing Super Bowl where you lit Buffalo up. That is probably my favorite run of football. Ever. I
1: hated Merton oh. Hank's. I hated Ricky Waters. Like they were and sure. those guys were good, right? I'm very curious right now for the this group that's kind of coming up with this Cowboys group. As you look across, do you hate somebody on the other side of that field yet? Like last year, they put it to the Cowboys too, but it's not quite the same yet. I mean, Debo's good, and I just respect him, but I don't hate anybody yet.
2: Was Bosa healthy last year for the playoffs? I have to think back I don't about remember that. him making a play because I'm tr- just thinking the guy that's going to be in this game back-to-back games is going to be Debo. Yeah. Because we might— I, I don't think this is going to happen, but can you imagine if Brock Purdy turns into the next Joe Montana? Oh my like gosh. off of something in this game, and you're just like, well, I didn't hate Brock Purdy Nick, before, but now. Nick that
0: Bosa did play in that game. Okay, right? so. Is he I, effective?
2: I just <sighs> don't remember any big plays that he made. I'm sure he did, but, I, you know, like Bosa's a, a person that could be. Obviously, Debo's a guy that could be. Brock Purdy is a guy. Uh, that think, could be.
0: I think it is. Debo makes a lot of sense. I think Nick Bosa might be the guy for me because at least this year too, two, you can see he's the guy that's going to prevent Micah from winning Defensive Player of the Year, you know? Will he do that
1: Vince Young thing where he's just like, all right, I see you got the award, but I'm getting the title. Micah. That
0: is. Are you insinuating that eventually Nick Bosa's Defensive Player of the Year award will be taken away from him and he'll do Wendy's commercials? That was probably wasn't. He never your- should have given that. He never should oh, have given the Heisman. For bag. sure, I'm with you on are that. You
2: saying that Micah Parsons is going to go MIA and never study a playbook the rest
0: of his life? Oh my gosh, we're the KNC masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan, asking the questions that matter. Like, what are you saying? Coming up next, we will talk with our Dallas Cowboys insider Mickey Spagnola right here on 105.3 The Fan. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Topical. Where Corey and Mike are still constructing their Kevin Hates It list. But right now, somebody that I like very much are Dallas Cowboys Insider. Brought to you by Four Built for Texas. Built for you. It's Mickey Spagnola. Good
3: morning, sir. Good not to be on that list, huh? Yes. Cool. And it is. <laughs> you don't know that. Look. Right? <laughs> it might have a secret compartment on it, right?
0: I will, I will admit, unfortunately, one of my many, many personality flaws is it's probably a lengthy list. I accept that, and I am always working on being better about that. What We were just going over this. What is, is it 92, the number one Cowboys 49ers playoff game that stands out to you, or is it a different one?
3: Yeah, it would be 92 season game, but also the 94 one that they lost. Yeah, because that um, no pass interference call? That, mm-hmm. and the fact that, you know, they turned the ball over the first three times they had it and fell behind 21 to nothing, and, you know, you always hear the the heart of a champion And they came roaring back, and yeah, had that been called, I think they would have won the game. But I just remember they were down 10, I I believe it was, and basically the game was over, but the Cowboys had the ball, and I was standing uh, behind the end zone uh, where the Cowboys were driving towards, Uh, with hardly what maybe a minute or so left and I mean it was over and they were still trying they were still no huddling they were still Troy throwing passes and you know guys are still trying to make catches and break tackles and uh, it it just made uh, a huge impression on me that they knew it was over but they wouldn't give up uh, until you know the final horn blows and 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 that was very impressive to me that those guys were such competitors that uh, even though they knew the impending end uh, they just couldn't give up on themselves and 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 that really uh, those two games yeah really really stick out
1: in in that time Mickey like I was just asking this about I hated Merton Hanks and Ricky Water like they were good they were a good team and the Cowboys played a lot against them a lot but there were faces there were people that I was just like can't stand that guy and <laughs> and I'm just I, I d- make your hate is list. it a different feel now you feel like maybe that that it's, it's different with the you've only faced him once but you did get knocked out but there's I guess Debo's really the only face right now of that team that that beat you last year
3: um uh, yeah that's kind of that's kind of right kind of hard to hate Brock Purdy right at the mean, moment yeah Jeez, I'm betting. Uh, Oh, yeah. I'll get them after Sunday, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, and their, their team's different. The Cowboys team is different. Uh, you know, welcome to free agency, right? Uh yes. And a salary cap. So, yeah, because those teams back then, they, you know, would play each other over and over and kind of the same guys, and that's why you knew and you remember those guys. But, yeah, I don't think it's it's to that level Uh, Right now, and if you think about it, the in 92, the Cowboys were sort of the up and coming team, right? Yeah, San Francisco had you know kind of established themselves, and you know, that's why I always thought, even back to uh, the Cowboy uh, Redskins, oh, excuse me, Mm. Washington rivalry, that one team starts taking away something that the other teams had over a period of time. And all of a sudden, here come the Cowboys trying to take away something the 49ers had in 92. Uh, and, you know, and that, that creates a rivalry when you get beat. And then and it extended in 93 when they wiped them out with a home game uh, at Texas Stadium. And then 94, even in regular season games, then it started to be uh, really heating up. So, yeah, it was kind of cool. But. It was the same players playing against each other, you know, over that that period of time. And if you remember, in '92, when the Cowboys were going to San Francisco, uh, you know, no one was giving the Cowboys a snowball chance in hell to win that game. It would melt, right? Yeah, I... uh, it, it was like, oh, they're too young. They're a year away, right? And 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 I remember thinking. Just kind of watching it, it was like, well, they may be young, but they're awfully good. You better be careful with that. Uh, And sure enough, you know, they kind of stood their ground uh, and were able to win a game when, yeah, not many people were giving them a chance to win it.
0: Do you think any part of the Cowboys winning that game is because the 49ers continued to play a quarterback who had never won them anything and bench the actual quarterback (laughs) that won them all those Super Bowls?
3: Well, I've always said, uh, you know, and especially in that game, uh, yeah, Troy Aikman versus Steve Young, it was a mismatch, right? Yeah. Uh, You know, Troy Aikman was much better. Um, And to this day, I'll say he was much better. You know, and the only reason that, you know, Steve Young won his Super Bowl was because of that interference call that didn't get called. Right? Thank you, Mickey. Fact. Uh, Thank because you. whoever won that game was going to beat the Chargers yes. by so was a no million points, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and the Cowboys kind of beat themselves. And it, it was just kind of weird because the guys turning the ball over were, you know, best guys on the team. Uh, and, and it happened that way so you know and I remember you know Switzer took a lot of grief and oh he didn't have the team prepared well after the first quarter then he got them prepared because they came roaring back right mm-hmm. uh, so it was just one of those weird things you know Troy gets intercepted Michael fumbles the ball um, it's time to remember Kevin f- Williams. Kevin Williams the right Kevin Williams fumbles the kickoff and you know, John just Jett kicks
2: you. a 23-yard punt with less than a minute to go to give 49ers good field position. At the with end of 13 that. 13 seconds to go and half. no timeouts till half. And they got Jerry beat Brown and on a deep yards ball. Off of Jerry yes. Rice. yes, yes,
3: yes, yeah. exactly. And still exactly. gets beat deep. It's like, what do you think was getting ready to happen, right? Uh, but it happened, and then they come back and, you know, came – uh, very close to getting within, I guess, three points and, you know, have a, and the momentum they had, they're going to win that game, no doubt. So, yeah, those were those were good times. Uh, and I, and I uh, how should I put it? They were playing on worse than a cow pasture at oh, Candlestick field Park. Oh, that feels soft. Right? The rain they had, they Mush. tried residing it. I think I ruined a pair of shoes because I had to walk. Through all that to get to where the Cowboys' locker room was on the other side of the field. You forgot to bring your long cleats, too. Right? I, <laughs> after that, it was like I'm wearing <laughs> tennis shoes from now on. Mickey,
1: this yesterday y'all had some locker room, and I was kind of curious about, like, I know it's a weird question because you don't know exactly what these guys are thinking, but is there a different vibe in the locker room this week as they get ready as opposed to last week as they were getting ready? The, Do the guys have a more... More or less bravado right now. How are, what were yeah, we feeling yesterday? Yeah, no,
3: I, I mean, it was, it, it was. Uh, I mean, they didn't need to be in the locker room till we left. Okay, right. So there was only a few guys. We get a better barometer of that, I think, today, uh, when more guys will be in there. Uh, but yeah, I didn't. The guys that were there, I didn't see anybody like shivering, like they were afraid. Um, I don't know that there well, was bravado, but I think they understood what was on the line and how they needed to play. I'm, I'm not,
0: not playing one of those guys <laughs> who's like, I don't know, Mick.
3: Yeah, might not yeah right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm scared. These are the 49ers and they beat us last year. I, and, well, you, you know, and I think there there was there's still some regret for last year, right? And, and, it, and it ended up just six points, right? mm mm-hmm. um, But I think there's this perception that they, they just got the snot knocked out of them. It felt that way. Yeah, I'm sure it did. But it was six points. And, you know, would you have liked to seen one more play? Because if I see uh, – what's that dude's name? I wrote it down. Zach. That... No, no. <laughs> uh, uh, Ramon George, the umpire, picked that ball up one more time and reset it. Like you put it down, just leave it there. That was the second, right there, he right? Did. He did. I agree. He reset the football for Fine. no good reason, other than he was late to the party getting there in the first place.
0: He'll so, he set Kevin. I hear you, He's man. He's right. I just I told do. you that. But, like, I will just say, I I hear all of that. But let's also say, wasn't the ball at, like, the 25, 27? It's not like they no, were No, it was win. at the
3: 20. You had one shot to the end zone. Okay. I know. And what are the percentages? You sure. Know? Uh, I'm sure there's a next-gen stat on that stuff. Would have much rather. I would but be would you like okay. to take it? Oh, yes. sure. I will be sure. perfectly okay if we
1: got the shot and it missed. And then I will be sure. like, okay, that's fine. Right. And so then everything, all the blame went on Dak. For the play that he ran beforehand. Yeah, shame on him for running too far, right?
3: <laughs> he, should have run, he should have stopped. Slide so, sooner. Got to yeah. s- yeah. slide sooner. That's no, right. the umpire need not be 30 yards behind the field. <laughs> mm-hmm. And somebody else should have came in and set the football instead of the other two dudes standing in the end zone like the, they had the time of day having a coffee break. Go back and look at it. Yes. Because the next week, the same thing unfolded. And one of the other officials came up and set the ball. They didn't wait for Ramon to come running 30 yards away.
0: Do I need to care at all about Tristan Vizcaino,
3: or is this just a— I would hope you don't have to. Okay. Let's put it that way. Okay. Because in his, you know, longest stint in the NFL with a team, with the Chargers, uh, and I believe it was in 2021— He kicked in six games, and the key thing that stood out to me was he was 10 of 15 on extra points and got cut because he couldn't make the extra points. So uh, I don't know how how much of a safety net that could be. Right. Now we'll see what happens in practice. My guess is Brett Maher will kick just like he normally kicks when he— when he gets out there today but yeah you has know. he kicked anything since like since the well the, the yesterday came. was just a yeah right <laughs> the dog maybe oh no,
0: uh, oh, no. Uh, understandable
3: well he asked if something he could kick yeah. right uh but there was a walkthrough yesterday so i don't know that they i don't know how much kicking they would have done indoors uh you know i'm sure he warmed up and stuff like that but I think you have to see him behind the line to kick a few to see, okay, everything's settled down and, you know, I'm good to go. So, and I think they got to hope that, right? Uh, I would hate to bring in somebody that the only thing he's done uh, this year is, you know, kick in one game. And and in the other ones, he was a kickoff specialist, I think, for New England uh, to directionally kick. And that's it. That's all he's done all year. So, But again, when everybody says, well, they got to go sign somebody, well, there you go. That's what's left out there at this time of year.
0: Appreciate it very much. Good sir. We'll catch up with you again tomorrow. I'll be here. There you go. Mickey Spagnola from DallasCowboys.com. We're the KNC Masterpiece. Coming up next, it's supposed to be baseball nuggets, but could it get hijacked by basketball nuggets? I
2: think it could be a combo platter of we have a player on the top 10 right now, and we talk about Mark Tom Hicks Cuban.
0: What? Oh my gosh. We're out of money. <laughs> KNC Masterpiece back here on 1053 The Fan for what could be baseball or basketball nuggets or this, something else. Who the hell knows?
2: This is baseball nuggets. So I'm going to start okay. this off with a little this weekend baseball theme music okay. and the top 10 right now. At what position do you think I'm going to go to that you know a ranger is going to be in the top 10 right now?
0: Right field.
2: It's first base. Oh, it might be Daniel Lowe, a- baby. So if they that did do right a- field, I missed it. And I need to go back and look. Because the last one I saw was left field, center field. I'm like, where is right field? But It, it does up- feel like that would be
0: the next logical yes. one, right?
2: The top 10 right now at first base. I'm going to go through this list. And I will say this, MLB does let uh, fans do this. Now, they don't get the ultimate vote, but they do take the fans' vote into consideration. Okay, I do think because the Rangers have been such a non-relevant team over the last few years, Nathaniel Lowe did not make the top 10 fan vote list of top 10 right now, but I can understand they're not a popular
0: team. They're not a team followed a lot, especially recently. Do you think that helped Julio Rodriguez yesterday? I'm not saying he's not good, but he was already up at number three. That felt a little high.
2: Yeah, I I think so. But obviously Atlanta's, you know, rookie Michael Harris, the second was fifth. I just think that in a weird way, center field is a little weak right now in Major League Baseball. Now, Paul Goldschmidt, number one, pretty easy answer right there. He just won the MVP
1: hits home runs.
2: The guy who recently won the MVP is LA Dodgers first baseman Freddie Freeman. Won it for the Atlanta Braves, won a World Series with the Atlanta Braves. I think those two make pretty darn good sense up sure. at the top. he's
1: pretty good at baseball. Number
2: 3, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Oh. Interesting. So, I will say this. They just signed his brother. He's a bad first baseman. Wait, the Rangers did? Yeah. Oh, I thought he went to another team. I was wrong no, about the that. Rangers got, the Rangers uh, got Rangers got him. Vlad
1: Jr.'s brother. Good. Or Vlad senior's son.
2: Very good. So, I will say yeah. this about Guerrero Jr., Vlad Guerrero Jr. He didn't win the Silver Slugger Award this year in the American League. That did go to Nathaniel Lowe. Even though Mama Lowe says his name's Nathaniel. Nathaniel. Well, too bad. He went by Nate earlier in his career, and so he's probably going to go by Nate. Is, is Pete Alonzo high on the list? He's number five. Okay. Number four you're not going to like because he's now a Houston Astro. That's Jose Abreu. Abreu. So if you look at the top five, I don't have any argument here. You can rank them in different He's orders. good, yeah. But Goldschmidt is number one to me. Freeman, Guerrero Jr., Abreu, Pete Alonso. I think those are a strong five first basemen in Major League Baseball. This is where when you looked at the center field spot and you're like, all right, Mike Trout, totally yeah. get it. Then you're like, wait a second, Byron Buxton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, this is struggling here, and when you look at this list, and obviously first base is a very offensive position. Sometimes you take a guy who struggles at defense, like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at third base, and you go, you're going to go to first base. You have decent hands, but you have bad range. Right. So let's put you at first base, where all you have to do is kind of use your hands there for the most part. If you don't have range at first, we'll deal with that. We're okay there. But number six is matt olsen who replaced freddie freeman in atlanta number seven is ty france and number eight is nathaniel lowe i got a lot of questions
1: here mike so right, when yeah. you get done with this list I would-
2: number nine i'll just do it real quick number nine Luisa rise who was the batting champ but not much of a power guy a weird yeah. guy right is that he's really a guy that you'd say man great second base stats but at first base you're like hey i, I want more ops Zoleta, or more yeah. slugging percentage and Hoskins of the Phillies is number 10. So go ahead, Sorry, that That's Reese? the 10. Yeah. So
1: I think question number one, do you think he'll hit 300 again?
2: I lean to yes. Okay. He fought off. He does not like hard inside. He does not like fastballs inside. And that used to be his shooto. If you ever watch that movie with yes, uh, Mr. Baseball, Mr. Baseball, like that's the pitch you can't hit. He can't hit that pitch still. But what he does is he fouls it off. And he fouls it off enough or fights it off. Sometimes he'll 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 shoot the ball the other way for a hit on that. He doesn't really pull that ball. But he fights it off for foul balls enough that the, the pitcher eventually goes, well, he's fouling that off. I can't get him out there. He's just making me waste more pitches. So I'm going to go to another pitch. And then he's a very good off-speed hitter. And he yes. likes the ball away. He likes the ball away from him. He wants the ball on the outer half of the plate and he's figured out how to fight off the pitch he doesn't like. He doesn't swing and miss on it. He fouls it off with two strikes.
1: That's great to hear.
2: So I do think that he can. Now, I don't know his pull percentage, but this is just going to be interesting. Is it five points? Is it ten points that people are going to improve? The left-handed hitter is going to improve on because there can only be two guys on that side of the field, and I believe they have to both be on the dirt too. Is that? Do I remember that? Or, or can you po- put? Not, I can't remember if you can positive. put the second baseman in in shallow right field, or they also have to play either on the infield grass or on the dirt. But I do think that will help. For Low, I think he can be that guy. Here's the deal: is if the Rangers are going to win, let's just say eighty plus games, and really the goal is is to win ninety plus games because that gets you into the playoffs. He has to be on this top ten list.
1: Yeah, point percentage you- last year was thirty percent, which was. Actually, down for most of his career. Yeah, so that was like he was he was straight up the middle, uh, high of forty percent, and opposite field, which was thirty one percent. Which yeah. is that? Yeah, that adds okay. up. So yeah, he was he's around all over the field.
2: If he falls off this list, the Rangers are going to really struggle because yes. if you look at the lineup. You think that Simeon's going to have a better year than last year, even though he didn't have a bad year at the end of it, but he got off to such a bad start.
0: Yeah, and you know the other thing that I would really like to see this year is Simeon and Seager hitting at the same time more often. is yeah. you saw way too much of one would get hot when the other slumped, and vice versa.
2: Yeah, and you think that there's kind of that protection there, batting second, well, first and second for the Rangers. Uh, but I think Simeon and Seager are going to provide consistent good mm-hmm. offense. I think Adolis Garcia showed that he can consistently do it because that was his big question mark last year, which I think is a big question mark for Lowe this year. Can he provide yeah. the offense needed? But if Nathaniel Lowe drops back off to, let's just say 2021 Nathaniel Lowe, which wasn't bad. It just wasn't top 10 yeah. at first base. Well, Gosh, who are we asking? Are we asking Josh Young as a rookie to be what Nathaniel Lowe was? At, yeah, like Nathaniel it feels Lowe was
0: like a lot. Yeah, freaking
2: Silver Slugger at first base is a tough award yeah. to win because you're a putting 338
1: off-, off speed hitter, by the way.
2: Yeah, because that's he what he loves.
1: Two nineties and everything else, but 338 on that. Wow. That's amazing. When I'm
2: sitting there with Mac, Boo, or Murph, we all go, "I just can't believe they threw him another off speed pitch." <laughs> yeah. we just look at it and they're like, "It just doesn't make sense." If you're looking at, you know, we call them analytics now, but if you look at the stats, you just You should not be throwing him breaking balls in the zone. If you're going to throw him a breaking ball, see if he'll chase it or show it for show as in a ball and then go back to fastball inside. But teams just don't do that. The off-speed pitch is now the primary pitch in Major League Baseball. So the pitcher and catcher just can't get over that like why not throw him seven fastballs they're like we just can't do that
1: we we kind of considered mike last year a couple times hey he might be a good option to trade because he had value
2: right do you think that time has
1: passed for like he's now our first baseman
2: i think he's so valuable to a unbalanced offense and what i mean by that is right now there's not depth in the offense You're hoping Young has a great rookie year. You're hoping Mitch Garver comes back and provides a lot of offense. You're hoping that Jonah Heim has a better overall season than a good first half and a bad second half. You're hoping that Bubba Thompson or Leody Tavares provide some offense. You're hoping somebody steps up in left field. So, And I those- think it's
0: reasonable to say somebody, as long as we're not like, this got to be a hit, this right. got to be a hit, this got to be so a hit. So
2: Lowe does have to really uh, be similar to what he was last year. Real quick, I only have a minute here, and we'll get into it. i will kind of tease it to the yep. next segment. I am really concerned about Mark Cuban's budget. Uh, once again, I heard yesterday, and it doesn't mean this is the truth. This is all rumor. Yeah. Okay, so we get to hear a lot of rumors. I'm going to give you this rumor, and it doesn't mean it's true, and it doesn't mean it's false. I was like, man, I'm not trading Reggie Bullock for Cam Radish. Radish. Like That doesn't make any sense. Then I call up a couple people who I know that follow the New York Knicks, and they're like, well, the reason we're hearing this is that Cuban doesn't want to pay the luxury tax. And right now they're a little bit over it. Cam Reddish makes $6 million and um, our guy makes $10 million, yeah. Reggie Bullock. So it lowers the number this year on the tax paid and Reggie Bullock next year makes a little over $10 million and Cam Reddish is a free agent. So it would pretty much be, we know we're getting worse. You, We know we're trading for uh, a guy that's, he does have talent, but literally, you know this, being a Duke guy, he's living off of his 17-year-old resume, and that means at 17 years old, he was considered a premium prospect and has done nothing ever there, since.
0: There were some rankings that had him ahead of Barrett and Zion going into that one two three Duke class, and I, and I, I would hear that all year at Duke. Well, he could be the best, and I was like, he can't shoot, yeah. and now in the NBA, he can't shoot. Yeah,
2: and he can't really find a role in the NBA cuz he apparently has a bad attitude Right, too. he wants to he wants to shoot it 20 times. So so here's another sign of something financially is pro, is probably wrong with Mark Cuban. I don't know all his finances and yes, he's freaking rich. He owns the Mavericks which are worth probably 5 billion dollars on the open market, but is he cash poor right now? He might be, because when you're hearing you're going to maybe intentionally make the team worse for your budget, for your budget now and your future budget,
0: because it doesn't open up $11 million in free agent spending next year. And it's not even like, I was so disappointed to hear you say that because I was at least hoping they thought maybe we could turn Cam Reddish around and have a 23-year-old that we can like have as part of the crew and you're like, No, he'll be out of contract, so let's just move on. Yeah, We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Let's talk a little bit more maybe about that and then the Mavs-Hawks game and Cuban responding to Tim McMahon. Plus, we will hear from Dallas Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy all of it next right here on The Fan.